Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday YouTube channel. I am your host, Ryan Hartley. This channel is for heart-centered leaders just like you. I hope our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. These interview sessions are sponsored by our great friends at Elevate Online Marketing. On episode 178, I'm joined by Yakov Darling Khan, the author of the best-selling book, Jaguar in the Body, Butterfly in the Heart, the real life initiation of an everyday shaman, and the recently released shaman, invoking power, purpose, and presence in the core of who you are. Yakov and I have a, a wonderful conversation about what it means to be a shaman in the modern world and how it's relevant to our health, our well-being, our community structure and our leadership. It's a great conversation. I hope that it really inspires the spirit within you. And here we go, episode 178 with Yakov Darling Khan. Yakov, welcome to the Always Best Than Yesterday podcast. How are you, brother? I'm doing really well, thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Really you and good. I just you and I just having a little chat off air and I was just saying I love everything that you you embody you represent in the world and you, you, I've talked about you know bringing a bit of heart-centered leadership to the world but on this topic of, of shamanism I am a novice uh, so you're gonna have to treat me and my audience as such are you cool with that absolutely it's part of the point really my my one of the things I'm most passionate about in this life is helping people to understand and make use of why shamanism is actually relevant for mm. human beings living in the modern world and what it means to us, how it answers so much of so many of our questions and needs. And it, it speaks to so many of the things that are frankly really missing from our day to day lives. Yeah, I'm really glad you've written books about it because I don't think everybody would like to be struck by lightning to figure out that they had an inner shaman. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I have to say, though, uh, it did happen and it was a great experience. And not not the being hit by it, but the the weeks and months and years and life that has followed it. And, you know, I had no idea, but I did find out many years later that in many indigenous traditions, that's mm. how a, a shaman is pointed out to their wow. people. They get hit by lightning. Wow. And apparently it's not that rare. It happens around 3000 times a year mm. on this earth. So, <laughs> Wow. What was that? What was that like? Just take us through the, if you can, if you can remember it, like what was it like being struck by lightning? Um. It, it was like being thudded on the head by a, a yeah. very strong mallet. And um, I felt a bit like a tent peg. But the truth is, I, I actually took me took me a couple of minutes to to work out, am I still alive or have I died? So that mm. I was really in that in-between place. I, I was alive. I was very much alive. Mm. But I didn't know. And everything was... Um, I don't know, it's like if anyone's had an operation or they felt faint at some time, like that feeling of coming round from something. Mm. And so I must have been slightly unconscious. But as soon as I realized I was alive and well and checked, you know, there was nothing broken, hurt, burned. Um, there were no marks. I had no Harry Potter scar, nothing, nothing to <laughs> nothing to mark me out. It was just um there was the feeling of immediately, wow, you've been given a second chance. Mm. I, I like, maybe I should be dead, but I'm not. Okay, 
what let's get on with it basically you haven't got time yeah. to waste and you know yeah yeah what is it about shamanism then that that, that led you on a 30-year induction well it was I, I as a child i had all kinds of experiences that if i had been living in in an indigenous village in the amazon they'd have they'd have taken me straight to the shaman like you deal with him <laughs> but um but but in the family and the culture i was growing up in the experiences i was having there was no real context for them um speaking to my great grandmother after she died my dream life seeming much more real to me than my waking life mm. um the challenges of being in a body and and trying to fit in and not like kind of getting a sense from the world around me that what was being said and what was being shown physically language lies what was mm. being thought were three different things one of my teachers gabrielle roth call that trizophrenia you know thinking feeling and doing different things at the same time that not not congruency like a yeah. real sense of um uh difficulty with connecting mm. and um shamanism after i'd been struck by lightning when i discovered there was such a thing as shamanism it was the first thing that i had read or heard about that actually made sense of my own experience and gave it context. And the context being, look, Yakov, this is not so unusual. People all through human history, all around the world, have had these kinds of experiences, but more importantly, they've made use of them. Mm. They've, they've, they've made them into a service for their people. And the shaman is a, a role either yeah. in in the psyche or in the community and so in the psyche the shaman is the part of us that really um has a strong connection with our channel of inspiration mm -hmm. our dr mm -hmm. our dreams mm -hmm. they are the part of us that knows how to listen mm -hmm. and create um ceremony ritual um initiations mm. that allow us to make physical to bring into the world what we dream what matters to us mm. so that they're that part of us that really can guide us to the you might call it an inner compass mm. that that place and it is it is the heart like in in traditional shamanism the heart is the trunk of the body and the trunk represents the 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 world in which we are engaged mm. the the physical reality how are we living how are we relating how close to our own purpose are we do we even know what yeah. that is um and that so it's the trunk of the tree of life whereas the there's a an upper world which mm -hmm. is more about um the big you might call it blue sky thinking in terms of leadership that opening to what's not yet known mm. and opening up to a wide open source of inspiration and then that's the 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 branches and then you have the lower world the roots that's more our unconscious mm. this is the the unconscious drives that 
that we are living from so much of the time. So shamanism then in the modern world is about being in the body and joining these three things, the intelligence of the mind, mm -hmm. the open sky, the heart, and the kinesthetic physical intelligence of the body. And when you join them together, yeah. and our practice, what we've created is all about that, then you're, you're switched on. It's like you get plugged in. Um, mm. Roots, trunk, branches. You are a, a channel for your own self to land in this world and, and be lived, to live your dreams. Hey, my friends, just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to the show so far. I hope it is serving you well. And I wanted to let you know that on the 25th of June, we will be holding a five-year celebration based at the home of our podcast, Elevate Online Marketing Offices in Trowbridge. Our community turns five this summer, and I really want to bring great people like you together. We have three guest speakers lined up. We will be joined by the YouTube sensations that are Evolution of Dave and Esther McCann. And we'll also be joined by our great friend and TEDx speaker, Tommy Gentleman. It's going to be a great celebration. We'll have welcome drinks provided by Elevate Online Marketing. We're going to have some great food provided by Valicious. And we have a band performing live for the very first time. There's a special connection with the band. All will be revealed soon. But for now, please head to the show notes, get your tickets. And I really look forward to celebrating with you on the 25th of June. Let's get back to the interview. Mm, I love that. Thank mm. you for that description. And I think, mm. you know, even as recent, I think about four years ago, I would have described myself as a man of science. Like, but I've been on this journey, you know, spiritual surrender, if I call it. Is, mm. Surrender is still my at least my, my least favorite word. But as I've continued <laughs> to grow and journey in, in my spiritual awareness, it's it's like I'm giving myself hardware with which to perceive new things. And I think one of the magical things that happens is that you start to see yourself connected to the the web of life and there's this wonderful um sentence that you have in in your book shaman it's just talking about uh because i think you you write to, to your son reuben you talk about his generation mm -hmm. and you talk about we're all waking up to the both the the mess and the magnificence of life i really love that sentence is when you start to have that awakening and consciousness we we realize what a, a mess this world is but also what magnificent magnificence it contains well absolutely and it, you know i find it very fascinating you're saying that you're you're discovering or finding the hardware and i would say that hardware is we are evolved inside that hardware the hardware is the intelligence of the body that's beating my heart your heart right now that's mm. replacing the cells that is an intelligence that's evolved that actually came from the nuclear furnace of exploding stars billions of years ago we are made of the the evolution of life on this earth and that evolution has taken form in the shape of your body my body and that body has its own intelligence and yes that body knows because it's grounded in reality in physical reality let's call it physical reality that um what's going on is both 
tragic and ecstatic simultaneously that we have these extremes there is mm. extreme suffering and um unconsciousness and driving towards the edge of a cliff with our foot flat on the on the pedal yeah. uh, even knowing that we are even that that we we've now woken up to the fact that our lifestyles are unsustainable you know shamans were the original system thinkers they were the original ecologists mm. they understood yeah. um how we our own personal health the health of our relationships mm. the health of our families the health of our communities and i'm not just talking physical health but emotional health spiritual mm. health are were connected and are connected to the health of the whole biosphere and if we're not living in a healthy mindset yeah and in a healthy body and taking care as best as we can and recognizing the extraordinary capabilities mm. that we are born inside you know we are this body it's not a metaphor that it's made from earth it is earth the the light that i'm seeing in your eyes now mm. is ancient sunlight that we have we've transmuted through the food we eat through mm. through um really taking in that light of the sun we are 65% water we without breath it's over we are elemental beings yeah. and that elemental intelligence is it helps us in all areas of our life be grounded earth mm. be inspired mm. light up fire be fluid don't be rigid be fluid water yeah. you know open up to the wide space of possibility the wind mm. this is these are the metaphors that we're working with but they exist in physical reality within us they're not they don't belong to a special few mm. we are that Yeah. I love that. And and I think, you know, some people ask, you know, what is the significance of this when I go to work, you know, my job and I, and I think one of the flaws in our in our society is that we've separated work and worship and work and spirit and 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 it's almost like here's my spiritual practices I do on the yoga mat or at the weekend and and here's my work and there's no surprise that we go to workplaces that drain our souls but um yeah. you know how do you how do you guide and support and nurture people to live and to embody this sense of uh, a shaman <laughs> a spirit it's <laughs> great well yeah you know if um you're somebody who is in that kind of work that is not soul based it's not really coming from your deep your sense of your deep purpose it's just yeah. a way to pay the bills and you know that's something we all have to do and we all have to take care of and sometimes that's part of the process you just do what you need to do to get where you're going yeah. but you know in a very practical sense what we say to people in that position is you know go to the go to the bathroom once a day get your headphones on close the door in the loo and just shake and jump and move and yeah. dance like put on a strong piece of music and get your body moving and rocking mm -hmm. and remember your feet remember your body like don't don't end up at the end of the day all hunched up stressed 
yeah. tight in, you know, and then take it home and take it out on the people that you love most. Mm. Don't like, don't carry it. Don't carry the stress around. Yeah. Release it. Stop every 30 minutes. That's one thing. Second, if you, the, the, the important thing is from, from my point of view is that as you were saying, work and practice and purpose and family and dream and all of these things, creativity, mm. they belong together. Mm. That, you know, if you look at, I, I'm very, we're very lucky in our family, we have very good connections with um, families and tribes in the Amazon rainforest who are still living an indigenous life they're yeah. still hunting for their food they're still living from the um plenty and beneficence of the forest mm -hmm. around them they know the old they're keeping the old ceremonies alive they're they're not broken they've never been defeated mm -hmm. they're they're living in community and you know their their work they get up at four o'clock in the morning i'm talking about at the Atua tribe, particularly and the Zaporog nation. They get up four o'clock in the morning, drink a lot of tea quickly, which um, helps them to purge, to purify, to clean out their guts. Um, that tea is not, um, it's not psychedelic, it's just full of goodness, but it does wake them up. Then they sit down, they share their dreams. And from their dreams, they'll then, know what the day ahead um, is likely to contain and what would be a good thing to focus on. So they're really, that connection between their dream life yeah. and their waking life yeah. remains very strong. And then most of their work is done within three or four hours, unless it's a day of hunting, you know, the weaving, the cooking, the making the, the chicha, which is what they drink. All of this happens in three or four hours. And then the rest of the day is family and community and play and, um, you know, really living, living life. And yet the Ecuadorian government describes them as, you know, poverty stricken. They need help. They don't. Yes. They are, they, they are they lack living. <laughs> they lack nothing. They live lives that we might dream of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I really do believe that uh, the Western culture we live in is an attacking our lack from a very, very early age. They've created a, an image of, you know, the pursuit of something will always reveal the absence of something. And, and, and we've just got unsettled spirits that are constantly looking for more, but more, but more, but more in the pursuit of what is success, right? And, and yes. I yes. um I obviously had Dr. Bruce Lipton on the show recently, and he talked mm -hmm. about how the British Empire, you know, the first thing they would do when they'd find new territories is to wipe out the indigenous people, and and these were the people who knew intuitively how to live in harmony with the environment. So we we've replaced this intuition with a a bias for like cognitive intelligence, like the thinking, mm. and, and I think mm. I think that's deeply flawed. And 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 in your book, you talked about the um, the honing of our animal intelligence. Like, what is our animal intelligence? Well, great. Um, we share the the same emotional intelligence with all mammals, and so our emotional um, impulses 
are honed over millions of years. They are, they are a service to us. They're not something to understand, get rid of, overcome. They're something to move with. So one of my teachers early on said, emotion stands for energy in motion. I, I like that. Mm. So what does that mean? It means if I feel fear, mm. then fear is, a, is an impulse to pay attention. Like what's going on? If you watch, you know, on the, in the savannah, those, the animals that are prey animals, and you watch how they are, they don't live in fear of the night, even though at night when it's hunting time, one of them will be eaten. Yeah. But you look at them during the day, they're not all huddled in a corner going, oh my God, oh my God, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? <laughs> yeah. they're, they're living, they're eating, they're, they're, they're fully engaged. And though they are the most vulnerable, they're also the most curious. Yeah. So that, that prey instinct within us that's like that is light on our feet and awake to what's going on this is how fear exists in our animal intelligence yeah. it's not overwhelming the reason we become so overwhelmed by fear is because we have such a backlog of unallowed disallowed denied repressed emotion which makes it more difficult for us to engage with that animal intelligence. Anger is a recognition that our integrity has been challenged, attacked or broken. Mm. And that's a very important thing. We need to know if somebody's crossing the line. Mm. And anger is, again, if it's not allowed, um, if it's not supported as a dance, as a movement, like, okay, I'm angry. What do I do with that? Well, I'm going to find somebody to blame. No. What's mm. the animal intelligence of anger? It's refined your shape, refined your integrity. Let that fire move through you. Take responsibility for it and use it to strengthen your integrity and through that your ability to communicate to allow you and i to be different mm. like that's exciting then we can have differences and engage rather than be full of um ancient repressed irritation that means that the second you say something i disagree with i'm in reactivity yeah so and then our sadness is it's such a profound gift. I'm not talking about depression. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, sadness is about letting go. Depression is how we hold on to the past, how we hold on to our stories, our interpretation about what's happening. But sadness is the waterfall. It's the way that we grieve. It's the way to use your least favorite word, we surrender. And I do understand that. <laughs> I, and surrender doesn't mean give up. So to surrender yeah. is an incredibly courageous thing yeah. to, to let go to a greater power than yourself. And, yeah. yeah. um, you know, in the dance, we're doing that. In sadness, we're teaching the body to shake, mm. not, to, not to hold on, not to turn in but to open up, like to be a waterfall. And when we allow that, the, the tenderness and the sense of 
connection that we have. And this is all about swimming in the waters of life, not, not being afraid of our tears. Oh my God, you're sad. Let me, let me hug that out of you. Let me, let me make you better immediately because I can't yep. bear you to feel what I'm not allowed to feel. And all of that, if we allow these basic emotions to be awake with our fear, to have integrity through uh, the owning and transmutation of anger, to be able to let go properly through sadness and grief, mm. the natural outcome of that is joy, yeah. is a heart that is light. And this yeah. is a cycle. It's not that we end up enjoying and that's it. It's a cycle that we go through. And when you add up these four intelligences of the heart, fear to be awake, anger to have integrity, sadness to let go, joy to express and feel our generosity, the result mm. of that is a compassionate human being. Because mm. compassion means I feel with you. I'm yeah. with you in what you're experiencing. And I can be alongside you as a friend, as a colleague, as a, as a lover, as a parent. I can be alongside you. I can allow you to feel what you're feeling and help you to understand what the call for action is in that emotion. And then we become emotionally intelligent, fluid, fiery, yeah. passionate, awake people. Mm, I love that. And, and, in, and in your book, you say that there are two keys to unlocking the heart and setting it free. And I think you've just described the first one, which is about being creative with the all of the weathers of the heart. Is, is that what you've just described? Yeah, absolutely. I think, it, you know, calling it the weathers of the heart, it's like, you know, I look outside right now, it's pouring with rain where I am, it's windy, it's cold. Mm. And I could be really upset and say, oh, that's really bad weather. Oh, dear, you know, it's not yeah. good. Or I just put on my waterproofs and get the dog and go out on the hills and enjoy the storm and look and see what that gift of rain is bringing. Without it, yeah. we're desert pretty quickly. And I'm looking at all the food growing in the garden going, thank you, rain, sadness, welcoming yeah. water, like not not just being with the preference. Oh, yes, the sun is shining. That's good weather. It's raining. That's bad weather. Yes. This is, you know, we need the weathers of the heart, just like the environment needs all the different weathers to move through our system. Mm, I love that. The second key is about having a good relationship with the benevolent death. What mm. is the, the benevolent death and why is it significant? Benevolent death is the day-to-day -day relationship with the reality of our own mortality. And in a lot of ancient traditions, um, this daily recognition that um, I've, I'm alive, I didn't die in the night, I woke up, I don't take for granted my heartbeat, today might be the day that I die. This recognition of mortality, far from being morbid, brings a sweetness and uh, a presence to the moment. And um, it helps us to recognize that life is not forever. Love is not forever. We don't have so much time to waste. There is um, 
and and death is a treated as a, a great teacher as a benevolent presence so that if i'm not afraid of my dying if i don't put it over there somewhere in the future and then i'm always shocked when death comes into the room but i actually engage i look at death as an archetype even as a i visualize my death you know my my scythe guy with his you know i love that guy he always he always laughs whenever i have a uh, an imaginal conversation with benevolent death he's always laughing at me and always helping me to see the sense of humor in the situation look man you're alive you know i could i could take you right now and then you wouldn't even have a moment to create with what you're telling me is a terrible problem right now no get on with it you're alive you have everything you need create with this situation this is what um uh, an awareness of our mortality of death as a kind presence and i know that there are different kinds of death which are not kind and let's not pretend about that but this is a specific relationship with our own personal death the moment when we will die yeah. and to prepare ourselves for that and to live today knowing that it might be our last day mm. and it's a call to action isn't it i think the thing that you and yeah. i really uh, connect with is this understanding that uh, we have all that we need inside us and therefore our gift to those around us is to bring all of that absolutely and i, I i'm going to take that a step further and um i think we do have everything we need inside us except for each other and and we need each other as well we need we need relationship we need community and you know i'm i'm was very touched and moved by the work of maladoma some um, um a west african medicine man who died relatively recently and he talked a lot about in his community in the dagara tradition um whenever the the general state of joy in life dipped beneath an acceptable level for the community the whole community went into a grief ritual they would get that you know out came the drums like mm. big drums like let's move let's dance let's wail let's weep let's let's recognize the sorrows that we've lived in these last few days and weeks and months let's let that move through us and let's really connect and he also said that the community's job is to support the individual to flourish by recognizing them by recognizing them for who they are this recognition of each other appreciation of one another it's like you know if a tree said i've got everything within me that i need it wouldn't last a season because it's not acknowledging that it needs the fertile earth it needs the rain needs the sunshine i need the recognition the validation the the acknowledgement and appreciation of community to be as strong as i am yeah. in that way i'm then giving back to the community and strengthening the community so this is a mutual 
It's an infinity yeah. loop. It's a, um, and we call it a medicine circle rather than a vicious circle. And mm -hmm. so I, I just want to add that because I think often yeah, in the that. spiritual, the spiritual world, we often have this idea that it's all about self validation and self authorization. And it is to a degree, but we also need our elders. We need our community. We need the mirrors of each other. We need our, we need that in order to flourish. We need each other's recognition. Yeah. Yeah, I really love that. I think what came to mind as you were speaking was I think it's that that, that jungle book quote is the for the strength of the pack is the, the wolf and for the strength of the wolf is the pack. Yes, exactly yeah, that. that. Exactly and, that. And, and the, th the thing I've kind of talked about in terms of um, self, you know, I, I agree with you. I think se there's too much out there that is almost making it like a hedonism, like it's self pleasure for self pleasure's sake. And, and mm. I think the the realization I've come to is that that self leadership is about getting me to a point where I'm not vulnerable to external things. I'm not in need of um, substances external or substances or situations external to myself to mean that I come to the world as a representation of love and spirit you know it, i can i can come to the world unconditional and therefore the, the the by the fruits of my spirit be known kind generous loving peaceful patient angry as an expression but do no harm absolutely uh, yes and, and i think i think for leaders listening and you said it really nicely earlier is about when you go home and people get the worst version of you you know i think that's the mm. importance of self-focus it's being able to lead mm. ourselves to a position where we yeah. can be from love not for love uh, yeah i hear you very very lucidly talking about responsibility and taking taking responsibility for our own well-being for mm. how we eat how we look after our body how we look after our emotions how we take care of our spirit how we take care of um all those different aspects of self so that we can be connected and be the best we can be mm. and give and be generous and i'm really pleased you said um Yes, anger is a channel, but do no harm. So mm. just one more word about that. It's not that I'm encouraging people to be angry people. Yes. It's to own, like I'm angry about the war in Ukraine. I'm not going to go around being angry with my wife and son and family, yeah. but I'm going to use that energy to take action. To, it, it fuels my passion it fuels my love for life. It fuels yeah. my wish to stand for peace. Yeah. And that's really what I mean. And if we don't allow anger, yeah. uh, especially in relationship, in long-term relationship, if we don't acknowledge the presence of that fire between us and make it safe and creative, then it will be destructive. Mm. Mm. <laughs> your um your approach to move medicine is all about stand up be who you are you've just said take responsibility for your life and then the last bit is about evolve the capacity to give what you've got i love that i think that's what we're mm. here for but can you yeah. can you expand on that yeah i mean yeah anyone who wants any form of fulfillment and like real genuine fulfillment as a human being um there's no other way as far as i've discovered than knowing what 
you what's yours that you came here to share what who are you like really who are you and how does that inform your work your the way that you relate and that sense of being a channel for your own being into the world that is the road to human fulfillment there is no there's no correlation between um the ego story of fulfillment which is all about how much i can get for myself how much i can literally consume and take um and own and have as mine and keep you know just ex expanding and becoming obese i'm not just talking physically i'm talking about my ego being completely overweight and dominant of my spirit so our work is all about giving the ego its 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 right place in the psyche which is to serve the soul you know to pay the bills to do the shopping to take care of that to be grounded to be strong in a sense of self that's healthy not overinflated not deflated and serve the spirit so that who you are and what you what's really specifically and uniquely yours gabrielle roth one of our teachers used to say you know if you don't do your dance who will mm. and and that's fulfillment in this world what's your dance in this life yeah yeah, yeah i absolutely love that thank you i i can't let you go without asking what does it mean to have a jaguar in the body and a butterfly in the heart <laughs> well in a way we've been talking about it it means to be you know if we want to affect change in this world we need the power and poise and grace and hunting precision strength fluidity and agility of a jaguar that's personal power mm. personal power is necessary and we need to um purify clean our relationship with power because so many of, it, of us have experienced power as a negative thing and mm -hmm. there are plenty of people in this world who are quite willing to use as much power as they can get their hands on to do whatever they want power over us rather than power within us right exactly and the jaguar represents your personal power mm -hmm. the butterfly in the heart represents the vulnerability that is part and parcel of standing up and being who we are in this world there is nothing more vulnerable than standing up in the center of your power and showing yourself to life and you know i saw your i happened to hear this morning your lovely um description of pep guardiola's thing you know mm -hmm. don't don't give a don't be public if you don't want criticism you know and uh pep guardiola happens to be my personal hero so <laughs> thank you so much for that yeah, since i was nice. <laughs> so um, i was delighted to hear that um that that sense of we we know and we need to accept in our adult warrior grown-up responsible maturing evolving self that not everyone is going to love who we are and what we give mm. not everyone is going to agree with us and that there is a, a massive vulnerability in being the power you are in this world that's the butterfly and the butterfly is also 
the miracle of life because if you look at the process of how a butterfly comes into being a caterpillar eating voraciously many times its own body weight in in order to build up the strength to create that cocoon in which its total self dissolves into soup into liquid and then from that the imaginal cells they're called that are going to create the new form of a butterfly start to speak to one another this is the process of coming into consciousness little imaginal cell by a little imaginal cell until we discover it's time for that cocoon to crack and us for open our, our wings and be this beautiful shining vulnerable human being in the world that i love that i love that. you know and, and yeah. something someone shared with me recently about this metaphor of i think everyone understands the metaphor of the the, the transformation of a butterfly but there's mm. something about the the butterfly's wings are quite wet when they first break free of the cut and it's almost like they have to like get used to the, the fact that they've got wings it's almost like oh try these on for size <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah yeah they they sit there in the sun and their wings have to dry and not mm. just that if you try if you saw the butterfly in the cocoon yeah. and you think oh it looks ready and you open the cocoon um before that butterfly was ready for that cracking to happen mm. the butterfly would die very quickly wow. and the other really fascinating patience. thing patience and the other thing is that when that cocoon is breaking it it's an enormous vibration inside mm. the whole thing is shaking we call this shaking medicine this yeah. is how we shed the skins that are no longer no. meet and match who we're becoming we we grow another ring on the tree of life and we have to break that cocoon that's how it is mm, i love that i'm going to be super respectful and conscious of your time um Thank i you. i i opened your book this morning and uh, something really stood out made me smile i i've used the same words and i'd love to know the context with which you talk about one plus one equaling three <laughs> well i've i've been with um i'm i'm married to susanna we've been together 36 years um we've we were kids when we got together and you know in our early 20s Same. and yep. yeah and um it's really been um an incredible journey and what we've noticed is that when when opposites are in conflict then you end yep. up with zero but when yep. opposites are dynamically um in equilibrium like moving dancing when opposites are dancing when yin um, really welcomes the full power of yang and yang makes a protective held space for the the beautiful delicacy of yin to flower then and you have this dance where what what they're creating in a in a really um generative relationship you're creating a third being, which is the life of the relationship itself. Yeah, so yeah. two human beings, one plus one equals the third space, which is the life of that relationship and how that flowers and develops and literally how we make love. We, mm -hmm. we 
we, we, we are manufacturing love to put into the world. This is, this is what we mean by that. And I think, you know, I think if we can, I think we think evolution is finished because we get one plus one equals, but I think that our, mm. our the next phase of evolution is when we, when we come together and are a, a body of a, of, a, of a community and like mm. that, that manifests in stadiums, you know, everyone's singing the same song. Mm. There's almost, we mm. talk about it being electric and a buzz and an atmosphere. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think that's what it means almost as above, so below, because that's what our cells are doing. They're humming and vibrating on this, level but it's now so i think for anyone that's listening that is still with us from a business perspective and and an intellectual that's what it means to be in a team you know when when we use the metaphor the team is greater than the sum of its parts that's exactly what i think we're, we're talking about but anyway i want to wrap this up I'm yeah. super respectful of your time i know you talk about um having you know you're a man of faith and you're a man of hope and you're a man of taking responsibility and action i guess that's kind of led me to you know what it means to be always better than yesterday for myself and and you talk about creating the future now what does the phrase always better than yesterday mean to you it means that we are if we so choose it yeah. in a constant process of evolution so what uh, we're always on the edge of what's known to us and rather than holding on to the known and gripping onto it with all we can, especially in times like these where mm. everything is shaking and everything is coming up for question. There's a big challenge and a big opportunity. We have a choice. We either hold on to what's known or we open to the unknown. Mm. And the unknown is always beckoning us to evolve. It's always calling us into the adventure of life. And if we are present enough in body in heart in mind in intelligence in relationship to that then we are going to be uh, we're going to know something tomorrow that we didn't know today we're going to experience something tomorrow that we haven't experienced yet today we're going to give something tomorrow that we didn't know it was possible for us to give today and in that way we're going to come through these challenges as a species, as a biosphere, and actually do what the old shamans wanted us to do and were always invoking, which is one, recognize heaven is present on earth, but two, go on creating that, go on evolving heaven on earth, mm. how we live together, how we support one another, how we, how we work, how we, how we love. So that so that um, we can become a human presence on this earth that is benevolent rather than a threat to the rest of life. Mm. Yakov, I've absolutely loved this conversation. I could sit <laughs> here all day with you, um, but uh, super grateful for your time. Super grateful for your hard work out in the world. I'll share all your good links in in the show notes uh, and the links to the the books that you've written and the the online resources and the in person events that you do. Um, Massively, massively grateful for you, your time, your heart, your energy. And I'd be honoured if you'd leave us with a final thought from your good self. Thank you so much. Um, my, my thought is really a prayer for everyone that's listening, that you might just find the, 
the resonance, anything that's resonant, resonated with you from our conversation today. And just let that be like a seed in the fertile ground of your body and water it by giving it attention, by exploring it, by discovering more about what it means to you and that you and your family and your people will be well and will have the space and the freedom and the resources to go on evolving and living the best life you possibly can. Really grateful for your time too. Thank you so much. Thank you, good sir. And just just before we go, I I don't believe in coincidences. I, I believe in synchronicity. And mm-hmm. I've not talked about seeds for months, years. And yet I was having a conversation with a good friend, Luke, yesterday about he was just scattering some seeds. And I said to him the very words you've just said about make sure they land on the fertile ground, the fertile soil. And it's just like the yeah. fact you've just come up yeah. with that. Now, Luke, ask you if you're <laughs> listening, my friend. The universe has your back. Yakov, <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Take care, my friend. Thank you. You too. All the very best. Thank you. Thank you for making it to the end of the interview here on YouTube. I hope that our time spent together has left you a little bit better than before you push play. Before you go anywhere, please leave a comment down below. Some of your key reflections, your key takeaways. I love hearing from you and what this conversation has inspired in you. Let me know what you're going to do as a result of this conversation. I will be back next Wednesday where I will share another inspiring guest. To make sure that you don't miss that, please do subscribe hit the bell and you will be notified as soon as it goes live. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organisation, please do visit alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com and it will be my honour and privilege to help you in any way I can. Keep leading, my friends. I've been Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast here on YouTube. Always love.